What's going on, guys? Welcome back. Clock's on the stove. It is currently December 2nd, 2021, around 8.15 p.m. Uh, today, got myself, Big Meech, is uh, recovering from an illness. He'll be back, hopefully, Monday. <clears throat> but for hey, now, we got a first-timer on, Mr. Phil Hobbs. What's up, guys? And then we got a returning co-host and a truly, I could say, fan favorite, Mr. <laughs> What's going on? I'm rocking uh, all my teams lost this week. Duke, Capitals, Florida's down the drain. <laughs> so, hey, so is FAU. FAU's done too. But, hey, I'm excited and uh, honored to be on, boys. Yeah, no, I'm good to be back. This week is actually interesting because we're most likely only going to talk about college football. So, uh, as we've been going on through the season, we've been talking – how this is easily the most insane season I, I can think of to date that I've followed, at least since I've been following football since like fourth grade, um, with the coaching carousel, the playoffs, upsets, everything in and out is is unreal. And I, I would say it was a hard season for me because Wisconsin played like doo-doo and Florida State didn't even make a bowl game. And so that was difficult for me, but from a not fan of the sport, it is the most fun season I think I can ever remember. So much fun. Um, so let's just dive on in so we can get it, get into it. First and foremost, Florida fires Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen finished with a 34-15 and 15 record at UF. He was 21-13 and 13 in the SEC. He, uh, they hire Billy Napier. But before we do that, there's a lot of controversy going on whether or not Florida should have fired Dan Mullen. So <clears throat> his first season, he went 10-3. and three. They won the Peach Bowl. Next year, 11-2. and two, Oh, sorry. Computer lag. Next season, 11-2, win the Orange Bowl. Next season, 8-4, and four, losing the Cotton Bowl. And then, or, yeah, losing the Cotton Bowl. And then this year, they went 5-6. and six. So, obviously, when you're at a school such as University of Florida, your your job is, is, is not just to make bowl games, it's to win championships. You know, that's a historic program in which it succeeded many, many years. And it succeeded pretty damn well under Mullen as well. Um, so, I want to hear y'all's opinion on this, uh, Ethan, especially as a UF fan. Do you think Florida jumped the gun a little early, or do you think they were predicting that it was not going to come back up? So I think I said this on one of the uh, earlier episodes I was on, too. I think I said, like, I don't think they should fire him after, like, one bad year. That was before we lost to Missouri and and started losing some really rough games down the stretch. South Carolina, um, it giving up 52 points to Samford. Uh, so home. yeah at home so it's like it's hard to argue they shouldn't have fired him after like the way the season ended and I you could argue maybe he lost the locker room I think the way he handled both quarterbacks uh, wasn't the best um, I think it's it's tough when he wants to say Emory Jones is his guy but all the fans it's very clear that Anthony Richardson is a lot more talented than Emory Jones Henry Jones does a lot of interceptions and he tends to throw them at the worst possible times too. So it's just, I, I think that kind of was tough with, uh, with the locker room situation. Um, and then again, going back to your point about winning championships, it's also about winning the sec and uh, competing year in and year out in the sec. And I think how far Georgia has kind of passed us the last few years, like, or at least it feels this year, they really, cause I know last year we were in the sec championship game, but it's just, yeah, this, I think it's just a perfect culmination for him to get fired. So verdict before uh, Mr. Hobbs, are you with or against the decision? I'm, I'm uh, honestly, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. 
I yeah. at first I wasn't gonna like I at, when we lost to Georgia and LSU back to back. I was like, well, maybe we'll be all right. But then the down the stretch, I think it's safe to say they made the right decision. Uh, yeah, well, we'll see. Time will tell, I guess. But back to the locker room, I think it's kind of just like a domino effect. How I think it started with the fan base and how Dan Mullen's always been a family guy, trustworthy guy. And he's always been, uh, he's, he always honors his coaching staff. And I think after the whole Grantham situation, that just, it turned into a shit show kind of. And then if I can talk about comparisons, I can, I think I, I can compare Nebraska with uh, Scott Frost. Cause I mean, he's a Nebraska guy, Dan Mullen's big, a big Florida guy. And I think, Nebraska is still, you know, hanging on with Scott Frost. I think maybe one more year with Dan Mullen could have worked out. I think what they should have told him is said, hey, either get a new coaching staff or you're getting or you're getting out too. So, but I think they should have gave him one more year. I think that's what they're doing with Scott Frost. And I think they should have done the same thing. Yeah. So obviously I'm not a Gators fan. I'm born and bred Florida State Seminole. Popped out of the womb. My dad was already getting me to do the tomahawk. But um <laughs> I, I do have a lot of respect for Dan Mullen, though. And, and if you look at it, like realistically, you look at it, you take this season out, he went 10 and 3, 11 and 2, and 8 and 4. And oh, yeah. in the 8 and 4 season, they made they made the SEC championship. So yeah. it's worse season, season. And they still yeah. played great. So it's well, like, and, and his, his first few years, I loved him as a Florida fan. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, he's doing with the program what we needed, what McElwain couldn't, what yeah, you know, Muschamp didn't. Like, Born and raised Florida guy, you know. Exactly, he was exactly. Urban Meyer. And I th- I think they could have maybe f- hold the situation like how they did with uh, with Ed, you know, the head coach at LSU. I think they should have maybe gave him one last game just to go out maybe with a win just because of how much he's been a part of Florida Florida football. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. I think they, they wanted to beat FSU to make the bowl. Like, that was a huge game. Who was going to be bowl eligible? Who, who yeah. wasn't? Like, I think that's kind of why they went ahead and did it a game well, early. My thing is, too, is like, and I hate using this as a factor, but if if we're going to be realistic, it is a factor. Who knows how hard the COVID situation hit them at UF? You know what I mean? Like, last year they went eight and four. You mean like they were, season, like they, they, during the season? Yeah, I mean, just like anything. Like, like who knows how the situation went? Maybe it, you got lost separation with some players due to the COVID situation, or maybe – um, the school atmosphere was different, so he didn't get to coach the way he wanted to. You know, there's a lot of factors. You know, when we talked to Jordan Young, who's a DB right now at at um at University of Florida. He even said it like when he first got there, it was he's never experienced anything like it. It's like in your dorm, this, that, that, boom, 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 boom. So if you look at his two worst years, they're the two COVID years. So I'm not, I'm not saying that's not. I'm not saying I'm not making that as an excuse for him doing poorly. It's just like I feel like. And I said the same thing with Gus Malzahn. I was like, when you have a coach that's been there, and that's like Phil was saying, he's like a UF guy. Like, you want to, you usually want to fight for those guys, not not just cut them off right away. Exactly. You know, so I think you definitely give him one more season. Um, I think the whole Emory Jones situation was another reason he got got cut. You know, yeah, it it really was the way he handled the. I think the way he handled those quarterbacks at the end is yeah. But and also, I think they had this guy Billy Napier in mind. I think they knew they were going to hire him too and I think that could have also played a role having the already a solid backup that they thought you know what I mean I don't know much about him but yeah so before we come on the Billy Napier train um I think uh, I think the, the two biggest things obviously the, the the losing record uh was number one but I think I think the the two b and c's to that a is horrible recruiting this man in, is not done any recruiting yeah. and and even though he's done great and I, I'm fighting for him to stay 
he is not a good recruiter whatsoever. He's yeah, for, terrible you're, recruiter. You're, you're top five public university and you're ranked five in the SEC rankings for recruiting and 12th in the na- the nation. Like you just can't, you can't do, do those numbers. Yeah. Well, and like state recruiting too. We can't I, I don't understand. The thing is, is like, I, like I said, I am in no way a Florida fan. So you're not hearing me be like, Oh, go Gators, but you're in the SEC. You're on the easier side of SEC. Okay. You're in the, you're in the state of Florida. You have one of the strongest fan bases and college fan atmospheres with your amazing stadium. You have all these other good sports. Your baseball is always top 10. Basketball is always top 25, all right? Everything's good. You have beautiful girls that go to school there. You have a great, great life that support. How do you not get players there? How do you not – I don't understand. Like, it it should be a, it, it should be like an Alabama offer. It should be – you get offered by UF. You're like, I made it. You know, well, but it's yeah, not like right. that. They're getting out-recruited by, by schools that have nowhere near the same that they can offer. Every, dude, every year, Georgia just comes out with five-star recruits like it's yeah. nothing. Like, yeah. every, like it's, it's so hard for, for a Florida program to get a five-star nowadays, I feel like. But I don't understand why. That's what I'm saying. And it's not. It's not just Florida too. Like Florida State struggled with this recently. Yeah, Florida State's doing pretty damn good with recruiting right now, though. Yeah. But, when you have, but when you have to go when they're like going against Kentucky for recruits, like what, like how how does a recruit yeah. be like yeah be like have a hard decision between going to Kentucky and they're a Jordan school? That's also a huge flex. Yeah. And with the NIL deals, look how many famous athletes came out of UF, bro. Like you would think all these things would work for them, but they just can't recruit well, at all. No, I feel like having said all that, it's another another big reason they fired him probably. No, that's what I'm saying. That was one of my reasons. That's why I think yeah. it because his recruiting was so bad. Yeah. It's like the the even the past Florida coaches, there were there was so much hype about the, the recruiting. Like, yeah. Uh, so then like, to move on from this, University yeah. of Florida goes on. They hire Billy Napier. So for everyone that doesn't know, um, I'll give uh, a little background research real quick on, on Napier. So he's the head coach at uh, Louisiana. And a lot of people are like, oh, what the hell is that? What does that mean? Blah, blah, blah. Listen to this, dude. He gets there in his first year in 2018. They go seven and seven. They break even. All right, that's not terrible. Then they go 11 and three, 10 and one, and 11 and one. That, we're talking about a little, little, uh, what? No, not CUSA, Sunbelt School, Louisiana. Yeah, Sunbelt. Yeah, yeah. the Raven program. Now, eh, this is two things real quick. First thing, uh, I don't understand why they hired him so fast. They, they had a meeting with him on Tuesday, and they hired him on Sunday. They went for the first guy they got and they took him. All right. Yep. So that's a little questionable to me. And to big and then the second thing I have to say is it kind of feels like UF is doing a Kirby Smart game plan here. You know, Billy Napier, has he proven to be really good in Louisiana? hundred percent. But that's not the SEC. But they're banking on, all right, he's coached with Saban. I'm hoping that he knows the ways to win and it'll translate. And you see it all the time with Cristobal, Mel Tucker, Kirby Smart. Uh, Lane Kiffin, all these guys. And you see in the NFL with Bill Belichick, too, he loses all of his coaching staff. When you are consistently elite and winning, people want the people around you because they think you they know the way. And I don't think that's always the case. And so far, only Kirby Smart and Jimbo have really proved that to, with the Nick Saban case, in my opinion. The yeah, yeah, I think he's in terrible. I think the, the Florida AD just kind of looked like what you brought up the coaching record and goes, hey, this guy goes from a 7-7 seven and seven season and goes to an 11-3. This guy obviously knows how to recruit players. And that's what Florida needs is recruiting. Like that's when it comes down to it. Yeah, but the thing is, yeah. he went from being the best recruiter in his conference to the sixth, the seventh best recruiter in the SEC. That's yeah. the difference. That's the. Hey, we'll see. Difference. We'll see. Come on, I got faith. Come on now. He, I know Elijah Mitchell. That's the name you'll know. He went to Louisiana last year for the rookie for the 49ers. Yeah. So, so realistically, uh, coming from a UF fan, Shimmy, what do you think about the the Napier hire? 
Especially well, now, knowing that that Brian Kelly and, and Lincoln Riley happened, and the other big coaches were leaving. Well, see, I, I would have loved Lincoln Riley, but I don't. I think he left specific. We'll get into that, but I think he left specifically for USC. I don't know if he necessarily would have come to UF from Oklahoma. Um, Brian yeah, Kelly. Yeah, he, didn't I, want, he, he didn't want to touch SEC football. Yeah, no, yeah, not yeah. We'll get to and, that. We'll get to that. We'll yeah, no, that. that's I, he handpicked USC. There's a re, yeah. There's a reason he also said no to LSU and all that. But like Brian Kelly. Um, I mean, he went to LSU, so and I, 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 I mean, I'm, I don't know, I'm not the biggest fan of him. I know he's a good coach, but I wouldn't have been excited as a UF fan. Um, I don't know much about Billy Napier. Um, if like, but if they hired him this fast, I feel like they know something that I don't. That like, you it's, know. For, it's for sure a wild card hire. It's a wild card hire. And and, I, and it sounds like the AD like knows that loves the guy. Went with his gut. If you hired him after one interview, so. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm I hopeful. Feel, my my opinion on it is I think UF was a little nervous they weren't going to get anyone, so they jumped the gun and got them. And now they see that they could have gotten someone bigger. They're kind of like fuck, you know. They're a little maybe we shouldn't have done that. You know, they're kind of shooting themselves um, in the foot. But I just don't understand. You're the University of Florida. Like you, you can take all the time you need. There's hundreds of coaches out there that want to coach for you. I don't get why you had to jump on. Even if you like Napier, why not even interview other guys? You know, like, I mean, it, it gives him a head start now that he know he can probably join the team. Or I don't know if he's finishing the season out with Louisiana because you know a lot of coaches don't <laughs> when they leave. But I I don't know. I think it gives him a head start if they knew that's what who they wanted and that's where they were gonna go. I mean, get it's also an, it's also an iffy hire because I mean if you look at the past Florida coaches, they've hired you know Will Muschamp, McElwain, yeah, all those. All those guys have come from pretty big, I would say. I mean, not going or McElwain came from uh, was Colorado, Colorado, Colorado State. Yeah, Colorado State, which is still it's a well-established program. But I mean, getting a coach from the Sun Belt, it's it's kind yeah. of I mean, it's nerve-wracking for sure to get a guy who hasn't really, you know, Un- unproven for sure. Unproven. Yeah, but he but he has proved to be able to coach against big schools because last year he beat uh, a number ten Iowa State team. So he definitely shows he he can coach those caliber games. But that's. The, the thing about the SEC is it doesn't matter if you can coach those games. It's the consistency because you're coaching yeah. those games week in and week out. Yeah, every week. You're coaching at Louisiana. You play Liberty is pretty solid. Coastal Carolina is pretty solid. App State is pretty solid. And then usually like a – like a, uh, they play Texas. So that's four. I give them four games out of a 12 season. You got you to gotta bring your game. When you're in the SEC, it's about 10 to 11 games. You got to bring your game. Oh, every game. Coach, you know? So that's, that's, a, that's a big thing and too. You that's pretty a much only argument game. why people don't want Cincinnati in there because they're like Cincinnati couldn't do what they did in the weekend week out thing, you know. But any, anyways, we'll move on from that. So what we already poked around a little and talked about is Lincoln Riley going to going to USC to be their head coach. I'm gonna tell you right now when I saw uh, this, I I don't remember. I think I was laying on my couch and I saw the notification. It was like Lincoln Riley to USC. My jaw dropped. I was like. Because this year has already been insane, and that was the craziest out of the park. Like, I I never would have thought ever he would have left Oklahoma. Oklahoma is a destination. Yeah. You know, you talk about coaches climbing to get to a dream school. Oklahoma is that school, and he's had so much success. So look, I'm going to read you his contract, uh, what we have so far. This isn't 100% confirmed, but it's what we know so far. Lincoln Riley's contract is $110 million, Okay. USC is buying both of his Norman homes for over 500000 over the value, so a million each. And they bought him a $6 million home in L.A., and they're giving him a 24-7 unlimited use for a jet. Yeah, pilot. Yeah. 
yeah how, how do you say no to that like um, i don't know and you get to live in southern california los angeles yeah well, let's say this here's a question if if someone gave that to nick saban do you think he'd take it no, exactly. probably not. Not at this point. Nick Saban's <laughs> going to run for governor of Alabama. Yeah. He's not leaving there. And, well, and that's kind of the, I, I'm honestly, I'm not as surprised Lincoln left as I am. He went to like another college. I would, I could have seen him going to the NFL with all these young coaches being hired in the NFL. He was uh, a rumored coach candidate for the Cowboys. I know before they hired Mike McCarthy. So I'm more surprised about college, like switching to another college team than leaving, but. I mean, I could see USC like it. That is also a destination job. You know, when Pete Carroll was there winning, uh, we had Reggie Bush and Matt Leinert and all those teams. So it's definitely it's a, it's up there, too. I mean, I know what you mean, though, with leaving Oklahoma. But it's also uh, this year was the perfect year to do it. If they had a down year for them, it was this year. So but I have a lot. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you're good. I, 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 you go. You go, Grayson. I have a lot of a lot of thoughts and opinions uh, on this. So my, my first one is Lincoln Riley made it very clear from the beginning that he never wanted them to go to the sec. Exactly. He never hid from that. He never hid from that, which is one thing that you have to respect him a little. He stated in the beginning, I don't, he he didn't say, he didn't come out and say, I disagree with it, but he made it very clear. He didn't agree with it. He was not a fan of it. He didn't want to go to the sec. He was so like he was already like. Eh. When does that? They don't officially switch like twenty twenty four, right? Yeah, yeah, but either way, like he's he's avoiding the SEC. Yeah, no, no, I yeah, I, I hear that. I, the next thing, I'm sorry. Go, go. Would he have stayed if they didn't, you know, join the SEC? Would he mm-hmm. have stayed? I mean, he's going to a Pac twelve conference, which I mean right. has good teams, but you're not playing, you know, like like you're naming all those SEC schools. Like it's just it's not the same. You're playing Oregon and Utah is only two teams. Exactly. Yeah, really, really. Yeah. And then hope and then now hopefully USC. So maybe Arizona State can get up there. They have don't so they have the next thing I'm I'm thinking is I the whole time that before let's go, let's go to Saturday night. Okay, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma just happened. Up until then, this whole time I'm thinking he might go to LSU. LSU's talking about him like crazy. I completely forgot USC even had a, a opening. They're so irrelevant. I just forgot. <laughs> I feel like every year they're looking for a new head coach. <laughs> right? Yeah. I think so, they I think they fired their coach at like early in the season. Yeah, Clay Helton. They fired him very yeah. early. They've had a yeah. vacancy for a long time. Yeah, too. so that's why I forgot. And then in the in the post-game interview, they're like, we gotta ask it. The season's over. And he's like, listen, guys, I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm not gonna be the next coach at LSU. Next question. So I'm sitting there, I'm on my toilet pooping, watching ESPN on my phone. I'm sitting there. Oh, Lincoln Riley's staying. He's not going. Oklahoma's got him forever. He's good. But that's your LA. That's your morning. It's like he's going to USC. I'm like, what the fuck? I I think that that's to your SEC point. You know what I mean? Like he he specifically said an SEC school that he wasn't going to go to. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to a four and seven USC team that, that, you know, they went four and seven this year. It's, you know, it's going to be a big rebuild. So. But he's bringing a lot of five-star recruits with him. Yeah, he's, all of his- he's bringing a lot of – yeah, so basically all the Oklahoma kids are coming with him, like that he's had committed. They already flipped. Yeah. Coaches too, no? The next thing I have to say is, so I'm going to – before today, I was going to come onto the pod and I was going to call Lincoln Riley a huge pussy and call him a bitch <laughs> and say he was running from the SEC and he's a coward. I was going to shit on him, okay? Do I think he Contra- is – do I think he's a bitch for the way that he didn't tell his team and everything? Thousand percent. But after putting my my 
my little, you know, angry man inside of me to the side and like really just doing my homework, talk to some, talk to some people, listen to some stuff, read some things. My take on what he did is a lot different. Okay. So let me, before I started, let, let me just talk about this. We're, we live, our parents era with sports was if you played the hardest schedule or you were a fighter and you fought the heart, the hardest, the best people, you got the most love, right? That's not really what today's generation is. And, and what I'm trying to say is like, you look at guys like Kevin Lee just got cut from the UFC, fights one of the hardest schedules of all time. Tyron Woodley got cut from the UFC, fought one of the hardest routes of all time. Um, Sugar Sean fights one of the easiest routes ever, makes more money than both those guys. All right. So the, what I'm trying to say is we live we, the generation that everyone wants to be in is look at this coach that played all these hard teams. Look at this route. That's not, that's not the direction to go nowadays. You, do you want to be James Franklin or Gus Malzahn who goes seven and five to nine and three every year because they have to play such a hard schedule and they can never win a championship? Or do you want to be USC Scott Frost, UCF Scott Frost who gets to go to those games because they had an easier route or you get yeah. to be like uh, Cristobal in Oregon because you had an easier route. And yeah, it might be the pussy thing to do, but the whole point is to make the most money and win championships. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's going to do that at USC by avoiding the SEC. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's kind of a bitch for it, but do you blame him? Do you? He's found an easier route. It's easier for recruiting. It's easier schedule. It's, e- it's all easier to get to the playoffs for more money. Why, yeah. I, I honestly don't blame him. I really don't. And going into today, I thought he was a bitch. But I really think he made a right decision. I really do. You see it with Cincinnati, too. I mean, they're about to make the playoff. I mean, if, if, if Cincinnati, why yeah. can't USC the next couple of years, you know, with that, with the schedule they have? Oh, and the Pac-12 is there to be one, too. Yeah, it really is just Oregon. Oh, it's any, it's anyone's, anyone's yeah. uh, you know, championship. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. It's like I, I'm, I'm starting to, 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 to sit back and not shit on those fighters like Sugar Sean anymore. And shit on guys the guys business. Yeah. Because they're playing the game. Yeah. They're yep. trying to take the least amount of loss. Yep. With the most amount of wins, with the most amount of money. Right. Regardless they, of if you think it's a bitch yeah. move or not. And you, I think you, it's you, genius. I you think Lincoln Riley's a genius for that move. You yeah, you want the easiest opponents for the most money. Uh-huh. Like, and then and that's what Lincoln Riley's doing. Right. And when you're undefeated at the end, like in 10 years from now, all people are going to look at is that undefeated record. Yeah, you could also say, though, that Brian Kelly is doing the exact opposite. That's what I wanted to bring up. Yeah. We talked he, about Brian yeah. Kelly. Yeah. He even talked about it in his his uh, his first press conference with the LSU team. You know, he's saying he, just, he wants the best guys, the best facilities, the, the best, you know, he, he, wants yeah. Yeah, he literally said, I want a hard schedule. I want, you know, to make it, you know, to the top. And obviously, Notre Dame, they're, they have a you know a good schedule, but it's nothing like LSU will have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and they're independent it hurts their chances too every year. Like because they're actually not the lack of a conference championship. I think really hurts them from getting in because now they're sitting out this week while everyone else is playing that has a chance to get in. So, so. to finish up real quick before we talk about the Notre Dame, just to tap to <clears throat> tap right back into the Lincoln Riley. He's trying to bring defense coordinator Alex Grinch and co-offensive coordinator Bill whatever the fuck his last name is. Bed and ball. USC bed and ball with him. And right now, Oklahoma is talking about bringing in Cliff Kingsbury. So Kingsbury said in an interview, not a topic I want to touch right now. His best record in great doing very, very, very good in the NFL with Cardinals doing amazing. Okay. First of all, why the fuck would you want to leave that? Why would you want to leave that? 
Right. Second of all, he's not that good of a college coach. His best season was eight and four at Texas Tech. And besides that, he didn't even make the bowl game the last three years there. I think people just drool over the way he runs that offense. He's yeah. a mastermind for an offensive coordinator. And I think that would runs really well with college. But I think a lot of NFL coaches, they laugh at the fact that when uh, I'd say, you know, reporters ask, would you go back to college? I think it's kind of, they, they kind of, they like Mike, or I don't know who it was, but they, they laughed at the question because like, it's as much as it is fun to like Brian Kelly is doing, he likes to improve 18 to 21 year olds and make them like, a better person, you know, in the NFL, you don't have to recruit. Like it's, it's an easy. It's it, not saying it's easier, but I mean, you, you process. You say I want him, you get him. Don't want, what do you say? It's, it's a draft. If you say I want that kid, you get him. Yeah, like you know, a lot of coaches don't want to go back and you know recruit. You know, it's and, and I also think um, Cliff Kingsbury does also only have one year left on his contract, and so I think it's a negotiating tactic too. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, like I'm not going to talk about it right now. Hey Arizona, give me a new contract. Mm-hmm. Like. I don't see him wanting to – why would he leave Kyler? They're having so much success together, regardless of how the year ends. Yeah, and and like what Phil said too, like coach, just because you're not a good college coach doesn't mean you can't be a good NFL coach. And just because you're a good NFL coach doesn't mean – like, you know, it doesn't translate. Yeah. Some are better suited for yeah, – exactly. look at Saban. Like, and yeah. We, Saban, and then I always go back to it because I, I love the man, Greg Schiano. He was not that good of an NFL coach because he's very strict, disciplined, like we're going to follow this path, which you can do to kids our age. Because, you know, we're still kids becoming adults and, like, we understand the rhythm. But you can't do it to a guy that's making $400 million for your team. He's going to tell you to go fuck yourself. You know, so it's just, it's just a, I think Kingsbury's laid-backness translates better to the NFL than it did in college. And, and I think there's something to be said for all the success all these young coaches are having in the league, too. Like, with McVay, LaFleur, Kingsbury – I think there's something to be said with like that, the younger coaches having success. So Bob Stoop, uh, former Oklahoma legend, head coach, he's bringing in, um, he's bringing in to coach the Oklahoma bowl game. And so before we move on to Brian Kelly, because I think that's way, way more fun to talk about. If you're Oklahoma right now, okay, you're the AD, who, who do you want? So obviously I want Vanables from, from Clemson. Urban Meyer. I th- he already said he's not going. That's what I'm talking about. Urban Meyer, I don't think he wants to go back to college and recruit. No, I just I don't, yeah. yeah, he I, said he doesn't want to go back to college. That goes to with my point of recruiting. Well, I, I, think, I think in two I years, he's not going to want to be in the NFL either. Like, bro, how much he wants to be a family guy and, you know, focus on his health. I don't think he wants to go and co- coach college and have to go into, you know, uh, a five-star's house and eat right. dinner. With family. Right. I mean, as much as, you know – that is such a good thing to do and, you know, to get players on your team. I just don't think he wants to do that anymore. Yeah. So I, I think Venables, Venables, whatever you say, I think that's, I think that's your guy. If you're Oklahoma, there's actually a photo of his two sons in a car with DJ, you whatever his last name is throwing horns down. Oh, damn. Uh, damn. A photo of them in a car throwing horns down. Some people are saying that was after the Oklahoma, Texas game. So who the fuck knows, but. And he, he's been a, Top tier defensive coordinator. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So it's it's about time he gets a shot at a, dude. He, and that, I was talking to, to my roommates shot. about it. I know, right? I was like, Dabo's a great coach, unbelievable coach. But there's times where the only reason Clemson was relevant was because of their defense, and this season's a great example. Yeah, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what. It's in college the the killer defense. As much as it's fun to watch high flying offenses, with the best defense still usually wins. I mean, look at Georgia this year, mm-hmm. Alabama's dynasty. Like Florida that, State when they won. You're right. Clemson's a great example. You're bringing up Florida State. 
2014 Florida State all, all starters on offensive defense with the NFL. Hey, buddy, take it easy over there. <laughs> no, but yeah, no, you're right. And and I just think that if you give Oklahoma cannot go to the SEC with the defense they have now. Oh, no, they're going to get, yeah, no. And especially not if they're in Alabama's division with AM yeah. and LSU. Getting Venables yeah. or Venables, whatever the fuck his name is, is the. He's the best guy to make that defense SEC caliber. Yeah, well, and and being in the SEC will also help them recruit better defenders yeah. too. Yeah. I think just by the style of play and all. Yeah, it's not it's not all on Dabo too for for recruiting. But, yeah. Do you think if Lincoln Riley? All right. So first thing, I think Lincoln Riley stays if Oklahoma doesn't join the SEC. I think he stays. Yeah, I agree. Hundred percent. That's that's my first opinion. And second of all, do you think if he did go with Oklahoma to the SEC, do you think he he would? find success i don't know man that's tough i mean I think how maybe, long has he been coaching at oklahoma for six years six years five or six years i mean year in and year out they're they're you know they're a playoff contender so i think i think they they i think he could at oklahoma at, at an sec i mean yeah. i want to say he could have success but maybe he's telling us himself that he knows he wouldn't there's a there's a, t- a tweet I saw that was like Oklahoma coming to the SEC. They're literally just about to be a maroon Tennessee. I mean, so far I know Spencer Rattler was a bust, but I mean he breeds some some great quarterbacks. And yeah, Caleb quarterback Williams ain't a bust though. Oh no, I mean yeah. so I mean I don't know. You can't say that Spencer Rattler had a great what it was first or second year he was in was the Heisman favorite going in, and then he shits it. Who says Caleb Williams ain't going to do the yeah. same thing? It isn't uh, Caleb Williams following him to USC? Well, all, he did take Oklahoma quarterback out of his Instagram bio. So, there you go. <laughs> there you I go. That for, for clout. U- USC needs a quarterback, though. I just want to tap. Oh, I, I know. Have, have you got? You guys ever heard of Jackson Dart? I have not. No. Sounds a, like a quarterback, though. A true freshman. He played a couple games for USC this year. He's he's. A oh star. yeah, the blonde kid. The blonde kid. Yeah, eighteen years old. Yeah, he's good. And his last name's Dart. So, oh no, he's, he's a stud. He's a yeah, stud. yeah no, he's a good guy. quarterback name right there. I think he's gonna be. I think Lincoln Riley saw him, and I think he's gonna turn turn him into a great. Well, you just got that kid from uh, uh, what's the blue and the blue and red school in California? Oh, there's Modern Day St. John. Yeah, Boston. Modern Day. He just got the quarterback from Modern. I think Modern Day is not. I think Modern Day is like green though. But St. John Bosco is another one. I don't know. He got a kid from California that was Someone committed to Oklahoma that decommitted and went to USC. I, I just want to say one more. I keep bringing up Lincoln Riley. I, it's just the most bizarre to me. I got one more thing I want to say, and you know, then we can move on. I, I'm i going to go on an extreme hot take right now, and I'm going to say that Lincoln Riley never sees the same success at USC as he does at Oklahoma, and my reasons are for this. One, when he got Oklahoma, he was given a Bob Stoops Oklahoma team. Everything was set in stone for him. The tradition were there. All that was there. He doesn't get that at USC. My next thing is USC is so freaking hard to refer to because you're in Los Angeles, okay? You go back when we were in eighth grade to sophomore year, the Jim Mora era at UCLA, he had a top 10 recruiting class for three seasons in a row at UCLA, and over half of them left the team because they couldn't keep up their grades because they're partying too much in Los Angeles. Because you're giving a five-star kid who's basically – the closest thing to an athletic celebrity, right? You're tell- and you're bringing them into Los Angeles. No one really gives a fuck about football. They want to party. So these kids are going and partying. And the last thing is that the, the support system from the school. So USC 
is not back. They'll never be back. And they're, they're nowhere near what they're going to be because there is no college atmosphere there. The kids that go to school there don't care about the sports. Like the, the ta- There's not a town vibe. They're in Los Angeles. People would rather go party than go watch the USC game. Versus when he's at Oklahoma, Norman backs the school. They're sold out games, regardless how good they are. Every sport, there's a whole support cast. That brings in a culture. That brings in recruits. He's going to get recruits because it's USC, but he's not going to build a culture like he had, and I don't think he's going to see the same success. He has an easier route, and I think he might win the Pac-12 a couple times maybe. I think Cristobal is going to stay at Oregon and smash him for the beginning, but I don't see him succeeding and making the playoffs in the Heisman quarterbacks that he had at Oklahoma. That's my hot take. I have a little take. I, I mean, I would say the take of that he would have success would be, I mean, for how bad USC did this year, four and seven, they're, the team isn't that good, obviously. But I think having Link, Lincoln Riley there and his recruiting, I think young players are going to want to go play for him and they're going to want to – Player, uh, kids coming out of high school that, you know, are going to these top schools, they start from when they're freshmen to when they're seniors. They want to go to a school that they can start right away. And I think USC has that possibility. And I think he has the right – I think he'll, he'll have the right coaching staff in his playbook to, you know, make a good team out of it and have them – those young players start well. That's why that Jackson Dart kid, I think he's 18 years old. He, Lincoln Riley's going to have him for a couple years, and I think he's going to turn him into a stud. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I, I see him having some success there. I think he's going to actually be able to recruit there. I think there's something to be said for having success in L.A. I think because you are right, Grayson. People don't care about, like, L.A., stuff like that, until they start winning. Like, you know exactly. what I mean? Like It's like that for every school. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I would say, you know, schools like Florida and, you know, like you said, Oklahoma, they're always going to back their team. Even, like, you know, teams like Texas, obviously. They... Yeah, but look at Texas, Miami. Well, not Texas, but, like, Miami. But I, but I mean, but I mean USC. USC like, big city schools are fucking hard, man. It's they are hard. hard. No, they are hard. They are hard. But because it is it, – you are right about the – it's less – their fan base isn't all relying on the students. They need, like, the general populace yeah. around to be in, excited about the team, too. Like, and when Miami was dominating – when Miami was dominating, the the like Orange Bowl wasn't filled up with a bunch of students. It was a bunch of grown people too yeah. that were just as excited to watch them. So I think that's kind of what Lincoln's shooting for in LA. But I mean, and the Rose Bowl Stadium, it's it's outdated. I mean, but people yeah, know, they, still, yeah. still love that stadium. But I think having a coach like Lincoln Riley, I think uh, it's going to get people excited and want to you know. I just think geographics. It's it's and I'm I'm speaking from. Uh, you look at Giannis. Giannis said it. He said it himself. He said, if I wasn't with the Milwaukee Bucks and I was in L.A. or I was at somewhere that was party crazy, he's like, my focus wouldn't be the same. I wouldn't be the same caliber player I am today. So I never believed this. I always thought it was complete bullshit. Then I moved down south to Boca Raton, Florida, and my first two years here were not the same intensity or consistency in my training due to the distractions. Yeah. Now I'm older. I'm more mature. I, re- I I want it more than I want to party. That's different. But I'm talking about a young 18-year-old kid that's never had distractions in his life. You are now giving him the biggest platform of distractions he's ever had ever in and LA. asking him to still focus on football. In LA, I think yeah. it's really fucking hard. Yeah, it's, the recruiting is going to become even more important to get the right kids, you know. Um, but I think it's possible. I'm, I'm excited to see it, though. I'm rooted. I think we need more teams on the West Coast that are national. Yeah, now. no, I, I like it. I like it. Yeah, I like that. One last thing before we move on, uh, and then we kind of went over the Bob Stoops thing. But I think that that was a great decision by Oklahoma to have him come back. I think, I think it will give the fan base a little, yeah, a little happiness, a little nostalgia. 
And uh, I think he had, that was a perfect move for them to have him come in and help out for a little bit. So it's definitely going to help. I think one, one plus. <laughs> I, yeah. I yeah. think that that is the most genius move ever. Instead of making a, a coordinator an intro, oh, yeah. I mean, because yeah, yeah. he's going to come back. Cause what, what you need right now is you need unity. You need your team to come back together right now. They're divided and they're broken up. Bob Stoops is an Oklahoma legend. He's coming back and he's like, I still believe in the school. I still believe in the system, you know, so that's comfort and that's going to bring unity to that team. Well, and imagine- here with, I know I'm dick riding my schools, but Barry Alvarez at Wisconsin does it all the fucking time. He goes to the bowl game, which brings the team back together when you have a huge coach leave. I think it's a genius idea. Realistically, he's not going to do that much coaching, bro. He's going to stand there and overwatch it. And he's going to let the coordinators run the game. Yeah, of course. I, I think going back, I know going back to Florida, but I'm, cause I'm, a, I'm a Florida fan just like Ethan, but, uh, like how how cool would it have been if they brought like Steve Spurrier? <laughs> like yeah, for, right, for, right. For, yeah, no, that would have been cool. One game, like, you know how crazy for like they would have been like, who cares about Dan Mullen getting fired? We got Steve right. Spurrier for one game. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> Dude, I've hey, I've heard uh people throw Tim Tebow's name around. Oh, I did <laughs> I, I heard that too. I did like, hear that. That's, <laughs> that's too that's a far stretch. That I mean, would be Awesome though, just for the bowl game. That'd be. But, I mean, for, for how much did Debo? He, I mean, he, you know, he played baseball for the Mets. Why not? Like, if he's trying to stay relevant. And, you know, yeah, right. He's a he's an anchor on ESPN. He would give the best free game. Headset. No, I couldn't imagine it. Honestly, that's khaki pants and a tucked in collared shirt, just sitting there, coach. He's Tebowing before the game too. Oh yeah, I would have been. Yeah. So. Talking a lot about Lincoln Riley. Let's move on to I think what's even more interesting is Brian Kelly to LSU. So Brian Kelly um, announced he's going to uh, to LSU. It was blown up on social media uh, before he got to tell his team. And his contract, I'm trying to pull it up. So his contract is 10 years, $95 million. That's before the incentives kick in. And he gets a every single year he's there. He gets an initial five hundred thousand bonus. So it's going to be around one hundred and five million value, which is insane. Other incentives in the contract: seventy five k for playing in the SEC championship, one hundred fifty k for winning it, five hundred k for becoming bowl eligible, hundred k for New Year's Six Bowl, two hundred k for college football playoff, two hundred three hundred k for semifinals, three hundred k for finals, five hundred k for winning the NCAA. 50K for SEC Coach of the Year and 75K for National Coach of the Year. They are just throwing their money at Brian Kelly. They're just like, take our money. Take it. Take it all. I think LS- oh, you go. go. I think uh, LSU, LSU obviously is all bought in. Into, they had they had a little taste of a national championship, you know, two years ago, and they, they thought that they had the right, you know, system to keep on with that tradition of, you know, being a top, top two team every year or top four, you know, for the college playoff system. And that obviously hasn't happened. So I think they got, they got a little greedy and was like, Hey, you know, we had this in 2019. Why did it stop? And, you know, they needed to change something and they want to keep that going. So. Yeah. So what's crazy to me is. It's like what you were just saying, Phil, like he's doing a reverse Lincoln Riley, you know, he's going to towards competition. Yeah, it's totally- there's so many things to think about here. And and the first thing I think you got to unpack is he's leaving because he doesn't think he can win a national championship. At that's, that's exactly what it is. And yeah, I don't so, think I think he's right. He's no, been I agree. They need I, I think and this is another hot take. I think until Notre Dame gets into a conference, they're not yeah. a coaching destination that people want to coach at anymore. 
they're not. I think there's 12 12 years, years, dude. 12. 12. He did all he could for Notre Dame. I mean, yeah, he he really did everything. Like, there's not much else. I I don't think he, I think he realized he's hit his ceiling at Mm -hmm. Notre Dame. And I think the ceiling for LSU is just so much higher. And he knows that he can get that team up there and past, you know. Yeah. So I agree with that 100%, Phil. I think, I think it's more of, because let's be real, if he was like, yo, Notre Dame, look where they're going to pay me, Notre Dame would have matched it. They're a billion-dollar school. Like, exactly. they, that's nothing. Yeah. He, wants, he wants to win. And I am in no way whatsoever a Brian Kelly fan, nor am I a Notre Dame fan. I fucking hate Notre Dame. But he is the winningest coach in Notre Dame history, and he's the second-winningest active coach outside of Nick Saban right now. Okay? And on top of that, what's most – I don't think Lincoln Riley is going to do good at USC, but I think – I think Brian Kelly is going to do good at LSU for this exact reason. The most importantly is how goddamn good of a recruiter he is. Notre Dame is one of the absolute hardest schools in the entire country to recruit to because of how strong of a Catholic faith it is, as well as it has no Greek life. So it's really hard to get a students like, you know, the, the kids involved with the student community and you have to actually have good grades. Okay. Yeah, that's the hardest. With all those factors being said, and they're not in a conference. So your kid knows he can never be a conference champ. With all four of those factors being said, all right, he currently has the number two recruiting class in the country for next season and the number four recruiting class right now for Notre Dame. Imagine, imagine what he's going to bring in to an LSU where you literally need a high school diploma to get into the school, okay? (laughs) Imagine the recruits he's going to get there, and they're in the SEC, yeah, it's and that I think that's the that it's it's the school, their history of winning now, their history of NFL players, current NFL, current NFL stars in the league. It's it's just a different level than Notre Dame. And that's not a take away from Notre Dame's history. They're like arguably more of a historic program than LSU. They probably are like back when Lou Holtz was a coach and all that. But from where they are now, like it, it, it really is LSU with the SEC where they're at. I just think it's. I think it's a better job for sure. And not being in a conference, I think, really hurts Notre Dame. Imagine if they were just in the ACC. They'd be in the ACC championship game this weekend. They'd be the playoff. They'd have a chance to get in the playoff. Yeah, if they won. So it's – it is yeah, I think he's he's going somewhere where he can win a national championship. That's what his goal is. Yeah, yeah the amount of former players LSU has in the NFL, and it's, you know, year in and year out, they got players coming out of there. And yeah. I think going back to what you said about the uh, – how Notre Dame could have paid him, I, I him or Lincoln Riley they didn't they they didn't give Oklahoma or Notre Dame a chance to even match that right? I, they wanted out. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they, know, they were Lincoln both ready. Riley. I know. Uh, I know with Lincoln Riley, LSU sent out a contract for like 98 million or something, and Oklahoma said they weren't going to match it. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so wow. But I know for but but let's be real. <laughs> Notre Dame. Notre Dame would have matched it. To yeah, they, 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 they definitely could have. They, they definitely. Yeah, they could have. But I think That's also, like, I'm sorry, Google, could Oklahoma offer Lincoln Riley a private jet and like a beachside home? And like, that's the other things, too. I think it's a whole combination of all of that. So, um, the thing is, the thing about LSU that going back to the recruiting that I'm saying, I, I think, I think Brian Kelly, I, I'm not dissing on him as a coach. I think he's just as good as all those SC coaches. You see that in Notre Dame, he's beaten teams with shittier Notre Dame teams than, than, he's, than the team they're playing. Like, he's proved he can coach. And, and a big factor of the SEC is recruiting. But about going to an LSU, you, that school recruits in itself. And what I'm saying is 
when they when they found out Ed Ogeron was leaving, they didn't lose any recruits. All yeah. the kids stayed because they weren't committing to Ed Ogeron. They were committing to LSU. So now you're getting a school in which already gets commits alone in its name and a guy that gets his own recruits in his name. I think he's about to make a powerhouse right now at LSU. I think he is. I think something hot is brewing in Baton Rouge. Yeah, like like we have in the notes, like they're number four recruiting class in 2022, number two in 2023. Like if he's doing, if you can do that at Notre Dame, I think the sky's the limit for LSU. I mean, hopefully, but you know, only time will tell. So the thing is, too, is a lot of people are wondering, is he, how is he going to be? I think the, I think this is the only issue, and 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 I wouldn't call it a red flag. I don't think it's that big of an issue, but he went to recruiting a Catholic school for a Catholic school in the fucking freezing cold to Southern Louisiana, Baton Rouge. All right, that's a completely different culture. I wonder if he's going to be able to still keep those Southern boys in coming in you know you know i know ed 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 could no yeah ed, ed, ed love him we talk about getting crawfish with him and stuff you know no, I'm, gonna nah, miss, nah, nah, nah. I'm gonna miss him coaching lsu for sure he was always a f- fun guy to you know he's definitely gonna get a good job though he's a great coach he's proved his quality he's hopefully I, I that's what i'm saying i don't like does he go back to being a coordinator does he does he find a head coaching job somewhere i don't like does he go into a smaller con like does he go to the, the Sun Belt or something like that who knows i say I he know. goes to notre dame Notre Dame somehow gets in the playoffs and he coaches an Addy with Brian Kelly's team while Brian Kelly said us too. Be the second time, yeah. Uh, no, I, I think I think Orgeron make a movie. Gonna, they would make a movie think, after that. Yeah, they would. I think Orgeron will probably get a head coaching job some I he may have to, I mean, he's gonna be a step back from LSU, but I could still see being like a conference like the SEC. He might even wait out of here. I mean LSU, they bought him out for like nine, seventeen, nineteen million dollars. Like yeah. he's sitting, he still gets eleven million or something like that, right? Yeah, he's, I mean he's sixty years old. Like you know, right. yeah. See what jobs open up next year. Exactly. Wait till next year. See you know. Wait you know. Find something that. Or I could you. see I could see Matt Campbell at Iowa State leaving and going to um. He yeah, I could see him leaving going to Notre Dame, to, and then yeah. I could see Ogeron taking over Iowa State. That would be awesome. But you think he'll go to Notre Dame though? I I think I, well, that's the next thing on the list is Notre Dame, the candidates to replace Kelly. I I like this Marcus Freeman. He played linebacker at Ohio State. I know he's a fan favorite, but I'll, yeah. Fickle Fickle is also a great choice. They gave him coaching job. They did, did they? No, they he's did. not. He's not hired. No, he's not. Are you sure? Yes, he's not hired. He is the number one candidate. They said. But everyone wants him. Like, but, but Notre Dame said they said they're doing an unorthodox method and they're going to wait out the season before they announce a coach. And they said they are extremely interested in interviewing Luke Fickle. Oh, yeah. So I are. can see because think about it realistically, Phil. Say they hire Marcus Freeman, right? Yeah. They somehow get into the playoffs and they get absolutely butt fucked first game. That looks very bad for him for the next the upcoming years. Notre Dame, though, that's what do you think the reason why Brian Kelly left? Because they go oh, to the. Playoffs. I agree, but it looks a lot better to let him not be not it not be his team yet, and then he take it over. I don't think he's, they're going to make the playoffs. So with I think team. there's a pro and con to keeping Freeman. Okay, your pro is the culture of the kids you recruited and the team you have there stays. Exactly. The kids, he's, it's the same program, it's the same system. He's a black coach, so he's probably going to actually keep them stronger together, which is, might benefit them as well. That's going to help them. The con is he doesn't know past the success that he's had with Brian Kelly. Yeah, you're not getting a guy that's won championships. You're not getting a guy that's even been in championships. So he has Luke Fickle though. Like, I mean, maybe this year, but 
<laughs> but I, I think wasn't Marcus Freeman also a defensive coordinator under Luke Fickle before he was hired at Notre Dame? I am pretty sure I read that somewhere. I would. I don't know, that. but I know Luke Fickle is a very, very, very uh, dedicated, devout Catholic man who goes to church every Sunday with his family, and a lot of fans like that as well. Yeah, but I, if I'm personally a lot of the Grayson Fisher, like if I had Grayson Fisher too. right now was Luke Fickle, and I'm in his shoes. Well, yeah, I so am, look. I'm flirting with the job at Notre Dame. I'm getting my money from Cincinnati, making sure we go into the Big 12, and then I'm staying in Cincinnati. I don't you think he's going to Luke Fickle. I'm saying if I'm Luke Fickle, yes. Yeah, yeah so Mark, 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 oh, I'm sorry to interrupt. Marcus Freeman was the defensive coordinator at Cincinnati under Luke Fickle, though, before yeah. coming to Notre Dame. But and, yeah, I, the uh, the recruits, I they, they, they've, you know, they've said that. If if Marcus Freeman's not the head coach, I'm decommitting from Notre Dame. They the in the the top three, I think I put down. Yeah, the number three outside linebacker. He's he's said yeah. If, if he's not the head coach next year, me and a bunch of other people that are going to Notre Notre Dame aren't aren't going to be there. And for having a you know top four class, top two class in the next couple couple of years, that's it's pretty big. But I so, think like I'm sorry, you're good. So if we are Notre Dame, who who are you hiring? Who are you, who are you going? Who are you getting right now? I think if they haven't done it yet, they're obviously waiting for Luke Fickle, and it's a totally different situation. How like with Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly, because they've been there, done that, you know, been to the playoff, had you know had the success. I think Luke Fickle would never do that to Cincinnati and be like, you know, even I bet him. Cause he, his agent, I'm sure, I'm sure he's told his agent, I don't want any distractions, any calls from, from Notre Dame. I'm, you know, stuck at Cincinnati right now. He doesn't want any distractions from his players. He's trying to focus on now, wait till after the season and then go from there. I think Notre Dame is waiting for what he says. And if he says no, I think they'll go with Marcus Freeman. So I'm, I, I'm not a thousand percent sure, but I'm pretty sure Luke Fickle was born and bred in Ohio. Like he's an Ohio man. Like, Oh yeah. yeah. That's all. Well, I also was re- reading if Ryan, he's people. That, saying, that's where I'm trying to go with this. That's where I'm trying to go with this. Wait, he's waiting for Ryan day to, to go to the NFL so he can take that Ohio state job. Yeah. But, but if, if Cincinnati goes to the big 12, why leave? Cause they're going to upgrade all their facilities. They're going to have power five. They're going to have the but, same plans. Even, even it looks better for his legacy. If he turns mm-hmm. Cincinnati into an Ohio State, oh, then if he just does what Ohio State does, yeah, he'll he'll have a statue. Yeah, yeah, but I I don't know. Is he going to be able to do that though? There's argument whether they should get it. They may not even win this weekend and may not even make the playoff. Like, let's not get ahead of ourselves with Cincinnati. I know them moving to the Big Twelve. Notre Dame's still a bigger job, and Ohio State's a way bigger job, regardless. So I still think I I would the legacy lock. But also, I think Luke Fickle, he coaches a Cincinnati team that those Cincinnati players that most of them are staying till their their senior year. Mm-hmm. So he gets that time with them to coach them for four years and finally get he's who know I don't I haven't checked the roster of uh, what you know what year every player is in. But you know if he goes to Notre Dame, those guys are leaving you know their junior year. So how much how much time does he have to build those players in Notre Dame? And you know if, at Cincinnati. It might just be a you know a boomer bust season where he's finally got all of his guys that he's recruited, and next year it's going to be a whole totally different the, story. The Cincinnati senior class right now with uh with Ritter and all those guys they're forty three and, and six with uh, exactly. Cincinnati. So those guys are going to be leaving. Who knows what kind of coach he's going to you know he's, he's got to wait another three four years to get that Cincinnati team that that they're having this year, you know. 
That's a really good stat, though, by the way. 43 and six as a senior. Yeah. That's that's pretty fucking yeah, that's, awesome. That's like an awesome. That's like there was some crazy stat a while. Like every senior, or if you had played four years at Alabama you for like, like two four, rings or something. Yeah, for some yeah. crazy amount of time. Like it was that's what makes Nick makes makes Nick Saban so good. Those those guys are they he knows those guys are leaving after two, three years. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, yeah. It's a factory. They are a football factory. So Back to the question, though. He's not a football factory, you know. They're, those guys coming in aren't gonna aren't gonna make a you know freshmen or, or sophomores aren't gonna make a big impact. Right. Well, and it's even like you could, we could look at it like in a few years, like how many teams from this potential top college football playoff team are even gonna be in the NFL? I sure I'm sure they have a few, but but yeah, yeah. I think. Well, I mean, they got a kid, Kobe Bryant, who's got like 1,200 snaps as a junior as a DB, and he's got zero touchdowns. Yeah, he's gonna be a top top ten pick. I think. Yeah, yeah, he's gross. Yeah, gross. yeah. Cincinnati's had good players, but I mean, Kelsey went to Cincinnati. Like, it's not like they've never had anybody. Yeah, they're not a no. They're not like a. They're not like a UTSA who came out of nowhere. Like they've, right. they've been good. They've been good before. They have, they've been they've solid. Been, they've been yeah, but they've been, they've been solid. The top yeah. twenty five team. Yeah, the past. Yeah, yeah. 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 He, he's for sure, this isn't just out of nowhere. He's for sure a well renowned, good, great coach. Yeah, know? but going I, back, I just, but going back to the question though. Progression. Well, question: If you're Notre Dame, who are you getting? So, so Ethan, we got um, Phil I'm, thinks I'm, Phil thinks Marcus Freeman. Yeah, I, I agree with Phil. I, I think Marcus Freeman is. I feel like it's it's an obvious choice. Like in terms, like he, uh, what's his name? Brian Kelly wants him to come to LSU to be his defensive coordinator. Like right. I think he's obviously he's a very sought after guy. I think it says something that all the players want him. And I also know the the linebacker. He's Marcus Freeman played linebacker, so I'm sure that has something to do with it too. But, um, I, I mean, I, I I think he's a Notre Dame guy, like in terms of being there the last couple of years, their defensive coordinator, knowing the players. So, yeah, I think I, mean, I, I think Fickle would be a great hire too, though. But I would go with Freeman. I just think if you're Notre Dame and you're the athletic director or you know the big boosters and you want to keep the Notre Dame tradition alive and how it's been been running and you like how it is you go with with freeman if you don't if you're if you're scared of change then you go with freeman but if you you know want to roll the dice and you know get a a you know a wild card coach who has shown success at a smaller school you know you go with fickle i think you should definitely um i don't have an opinion to be honest i i think i'm a big luke, luke fickle fan i like what he did at cincinnati um and i just think his players love him and i'm a big I'm a big proponent of your head coach should be a second father to you. I'm, I've always thought that in my whole life. I've always – I've left certain MMA gyms because I didn't feel, have that connection with the coach. Like, I'm a big believer that – like, my high school wrestling coach is literally like a second father to me. I call him right now, tell him something happened, and you get that vibe with Luke Fickle a lot. I don't know if you're going to get that with, with Marcus Freeman as much due to the age gap. You know, he's a little younger. It'll be more like a brother vibe. But I think if I'm Notre Dame, I'm definitely interviewing Fickle. Regardless of if I want him or not, I'm definitely trying to see what he has to say. Well, I, I think they're going to. I think, I think there's see what he says. Too many of like the boosters probably want him. I think they're gonna, and that's probably why they said they're doing this unorthodox approach where they're gonna wait till the end because they know they don't want to interfere while they're competing. Yeah. For the exactly. Oh, yeah. they said it. They said they're waiting specifically for him. Like they made that very clear. Yeah, it's not, not like that. not like Brian Kelly who had a chance at the playoff and is leaving. You know, he. This is you know Luke right. Fickle has put his blood, sweat, and tears into make like shaping this Cincinnati team into the way it is. And he doesn't right. want to lose that. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. right. Well, yeah. Notre Dame needs like four teams to lose for them to get. No, nah, they don't right. need two, three, right. Two. Or, they only need two. 
All right, we'll get into that. You want to get into that now? Is that the next thing? Yeah, well, well before we get into that, let's talk about uh, this weekend, conference championships, arguably the most fun weekend of college football. I just want to go through these and see what you guys think and who you got winning. So first game, we got our FAU conference, Ryan, uh, Ryan Conference USA championship, 8-4 Western Kentucky versus 11-1 UTSA. I feel so bad for UTSA, man. They went every game, and they, were, they lost – rivalry weekend to go undefeated so that sucks um there's a lot of hype behind this quarterback for western kentucky i don't know if you guys you guys heard about bailey zappy bailey zap so he mm-hmm. used to play d2 at houston baptist commute uh houston baptist college something like that H- hbc or something like that where he like broke all the records and right now he has 4968 yards 52 touchdowns, nine interceptions, and a 76.5 average QBR. He is eight touchdowns away. He has two games left. He's eight touchdowns away from tying Joe Burrow's NCAA records for most touchdowns in the season. Heisman. <laughs> yeah. <West. laughs> it is very, very, very good and can sling the ball. And everything I've read is Western Kentucky beating UTSA for some odd reason. Uh, Western Kentucky at minus 3.5. They're favored by minus three and a half. Please. Yeah, I think UTSA wins, bro. It's in Texas. It's it's at UTSA. It's in Texas. I, they win eleven and one for a reason. I understand everyone's fucking jerking this kid off or being so good, but I I think UTSA handles business. I it's it, it, UTSA. I think have have always had a great defense, so this is a great matchup. I think this. We're, I think they're really going to see how good this Zap QB is. I think. Uh, in the past season, they've had honestly had a couple of defensive players go to the NFL. Yeah, I think yeah, the end go like round one a couple. Yeah, of years. yeah, yeah. yeah. The it's, it's gonna be a good a good matchup for sure. I think it's it's gonna be a uh, defensive battle for UTSA. I'm going UTSA definitely take. I'm I'm take, I'm going UTSA plus three point five. I I honestly can't pick this game. I've watched like thirty seconds of probably UTSA. I don't know. <laughs> This this QB seems legit, but I think UTSA's defense hold them down. Have they played this year yet? Uh, I don't know. I think they're they no, might they're have been one of those conference games where they they miss each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no UTSA beat them fifty-two to forty-six in a shootout. Yep. Wow. Yeah, the over is seventy-two and a half. Damn, so. bro! But they're putting up points. Yeah. Fifty-nine points, thirty-eight, thirty-three, forty-eight, fifty-two, forty-three, thirty-four, forty-five, yeah, no, Western Kentucky. Throwing 52 touchdowns, they better be putting up that many. They're points. putting up 38 minimum a game. Jeez, that's going to be a – take the over. Take the over. Take the over. <laughs> that's a lock. Take the over. Um, I accidentally just exited out of that. So, I think the next game is Oregon and Utah for the yes, past that's, that's tomorrow night. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what are we thinking about Utah, that game? Utah just beat Oregon, actually, to knock them out of the playoff picture. Yeah. Last time they played, so I, I think this is a big rematch game for Oregon. I kind of see them handling business, getting their revenge. Uh, Utah's a minus two and a half, by the way. What do oh, you think? Hey, maybe I'll yeah. take that. Bet. <laughs> it's, it's number 10 Oregon at 10 and 2, number 17 Utah at 9 and 3, Utah minus 2.5. We got a Utah, we got an Oregon pick on Shimmy. What are we thinking, Phil? Uh, I, I honestly would go with Oregon. I think that I, I love that head coach. I honestly wanted him to coach. I wanted Florida to go for him so badly. Ooh, I would have, I would have liked that. I haven't heard, I hadn't heard that at all from anybody. He's, such a, he's a good coach. I think that would have fit the Florida program, but I mean, 
he obviously he's, he's staying with no, he likes Oregon. Oregon's a top tier program. I don't even think Florida even looked at him, but I, I thought that would have been a great fit for Florida. Yeah, I'm also uh, going to go Oregon. I like I, – I don't like the Pac-12 at all, and I don't even like, like Mario Oregon. Cristobal. But I really like Mario Cristobal. I think he's a very good coach. I don't think that the, the loss to Stanford was his fault. I think – I just think it's it's hard to coach in the Pac-12, dude. Like, is the, you, they, like it seems like almost every Pac-12 team has a bad loss on the yeah, road. So, I, I, think, I like him a lot, though. I think he has a good – he's built a culture there, and I don't think Oregon's had a culture since Chip Kelly – so I think I like him a lot. I don't see him losing twice to the same team in the season. Yeah, I, I think that, that's my. I that's could, my I'm not. I don't think it's going to go this way, but I could see it with Oregon being like "fuck you" and blowing them out. I I could say. I mean, I honestly, I think Utah is always solid. They're always pretty good. But I, I do. I I think for me, it is the biggest thing. Is like it's really hard to beat a team twice, especially a team like Oregon. I think there is that revenge factor. Yeah, There's always a question of like, are the play, like when you had a playoff chance and then you fell short, like where's the motivation factor at? But I think having lost to them already is gonna like give them that fire. Also, the factor of I mean, this is it's this isn't yeah, this is a championship game, so I'm, yeah, it is, it is. I was thinking of I know a lot of bowl games come around, a lot of players. right, right. Well, the winner goes to a New Year's Six Bowl. Exactly. Yeah, they're not not. Yeah. Them. Well, doesn't the winner of this game go to the Rose Bowl? So this is a huge game, actually. Unless the Rose Bowl is a playoff game, I don't, I don't know how that. Ooh, works. oh, that's right. Because the Rose Bowl, I know, is always, it's all, it's usually in the the Big Ten champion and the Pac-12 champion. Yeah, no, that's what it's supposed to be. But with all everything now, it's so different. Who knows? It is. But, uh, yeah, I think the playoff games are dependent. It's either like the Sugar Bowl, the like it depends on who's yeah. in. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're all going to Oregon next game. I think this is the best game. And equal wise is Baylor, Oklahoma State for the Big yes. 12. You got number nine, Baylor at 10 and two. Number five, Oklahoma State, 11 and one. Oklahoma State, a minus 5.5. Um, I love both coaches. I really like Dave Arenada at Baylor. He used to be the Wisconsin defense coordinator. Then he went to LSU. And now he's the head coach at Baylor. And who doesn't like Mike Gundy? No, oh, yeah. The guy's he, a fucking savage, bro. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, <laughs> he's, I, think, I feel like he's been their coach for a long time. Yeah. Now too. So these the, – the thing that's interesting about it is these are the only two teams in the Big 12 that, like, actually kind of have a defense. You know, Oklahoma State's DBs defense. are very solid this season. And Baylor's – their head coach is a defense coordinator. Like, literally, that's where he's from. So I think it's going to be a, a really, really, really – well-played game. I think Oklahoma State's loss is to Baylor. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It is. Yeah. Tw- no, no, no. It's to I- oh, Iowa State. No, no. 24, said, no, I thought you meant Baylor has a loss to Oklahoma yeah. State. Yeah. Baylor lost <laughs> Baylor by, t- by 10 to, uh, to Oklahoma State. And who is their second loss? Um, give me like 30 seconds. They're both Big 12. Baylor's second loss you. was... ECU by two points. ECU, that's what, okay, yeah. Because I knew, and then Oklahoma State's loss was to, I mm-hmm. just looked at it. I mean, they, they uh, Iowa State to Iowa State. They, the, the question is, oh, okay, Oklahoma State beat uh, Oklahoma. Beat Baylor. So is Baylor. So yeah. is Baylor. So, so like, okay. I mean, dude, I mean, they beat them 27 to 14. So, I mean, this is this, great- this game to me is the hardest to pick because I think these, I think both of these teams can beat each other. I, I agree. I think I agree. it's going to and, be a really, well, really, really good game. Oklahoma State's not only playing for the Big 12 championship. They're playing for a chance to get into the college football playoffs. Yo, but Baylor kind of sort of is, too, though. Well, I, I don't see a two-loss. Well, we'll get to that. But for the reason that you pointed out, Notre Dame's going to get in over any two-loss conference champion. Not if they're a conference champion. 
No, no, they will. Even with two losses, I still see Notre Dame getting in. Right. I, regardless, we'll get on to that. I, I want to take Oklahoma State, but part of me has this feeling that they shit the bed all the time. That because it <laughs> You're not going to make the playoff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if I had a gun to my head and I had to pick a team, I'm going with my Gundy's experience. Yeah, I'm, going going Gundy. go, I'm going to Oklahoma State. Yeah, I, I am too. Gundy's been there before. He's a great coach. He's, he's been there. Dave Arenado's been there as a as a coordinator, but not as a head coach. Yeah, I, I'm. I got Oklahoma State too. I want more college football playoff possibilities, so I'm. I want them to get that done. What do you think, Phil? Uh, I'm. I'm right there. Right there with you, Gundy. Hundred percent. I think I, after the, that, that him coaching that Oklahoma game was, I think, probably one of his best games ever coached. And I, I think he's just gonna roll with that and keep going on to Baylor. So the next, the next two, next three, I don't think really anyone gives a shit about, but we'll just give our opinion. We got the MAC championship, seven and five, Kent State. Don't hate on Mac. Northern Illinois. Don't hate on Mac. Northern going, Illinois is going to wash yeah. them. I'm going with Northern Illinois just they're because they're a more historic program and they're a better record. I think I think Northern Illinois is actually pretty good this year too. I think, well, you know, relatively. I'm going Northern Illinois. Kent State barely beat Miami of Ohio last week. It was like 48 to four. They, they won by like one point. So they barely made it into the uh, to win the East. But uh, yeah, I think, I think, uh, what's it called? Northern Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois is going to take NIU. So next we got the Mountain West, which is Kent State's favorite. I'm sorry. Yeah. So we're going with the Mountain West next. Wow. And honestly, I could, I I, I might be going on a limb here, but I think sometimes Mountain West is better than Pac 12. I don't think this year it was. They're better teams sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Some like maybe one, maybe one team will be better, but. But I think it's it's nine and three Utah State versus number 19, San Diego State, 11 and one. That's where it is, San Diego State. I got to go San Diego State, dude. They are a very good program. And I feel like – I'm going to be completely honest. I feel like they don't get enough recognition recently. No, they have been know. consistently good with running backs breaking NCAA records. Donnell well, Humphrey, fair. like, like – they, What? Who's the running back that, that – I mean, yeah, Melvin Gordon broke the record. And then, like, a game later, he did at San Diego State. I forgot his name. He's no, that was Oklahoma. Melvin Gordon broke it, and the Oklahoma kid broke it after. The San Diego kid broke the most uh, rushing guards in the season. Oh, you're right. But um, oh, Donnell right. Pumphrey's his name. Well, you know, Utah State is also usually pretty Yeah, they're good. also a pretty good yeah, program. I think that's going to be a fun game. But I think San Diego State is a better team. They, I think they are the better team. That's one of those ones. I could see Utah State pulling off. I'm yeah. But I, I, I don't know if I'd bet on them, but – so next we got uh, CUSA, or excuse me, I'm so sorry. Sunbelt Conference, App State versus Louisiana, ten and two. App State, eleven and one. Louisiana, number twenty four team in the country. App State's a minus three. Wow. Is, is Napier even coaching this game? I don't know. I that do is not a good, know. That's a good question. I mean, knowing Napier, I think he would. Just I don't. Well, I don't think he will. I don't think the players want to play for him. I don't know, man. For how small of a school they, they, they are, I think, you know, why not have them try to win the, win the championship? And they're good, too. They're, they have a – I know their quarterbacks is lefty. He's pretty good. He was a quarterback with Elijah Mitchell last year. Yeah. New Florida Gators coach Billy Napier fully intends to coach the Raging Cajuns against the App State in the Sunbelt Championship game. All right, then I got them. I got Louisiana. Yeah, they'll win their last game under yeah, Billy. They're going to do it for him. It's so hard, it's so hard to bet against App State. It is no because they play a good schedule every year too. Yeah, every year they play a good. They schedule. always hold their own in games. Yep. 
I really Especially do. in a championship game like this. And don't they play? I feel like they play Miami almost every year. Dude, they're a good team, bro. Miami. App State's a very good team. Yeah. yeah but my, weren't they? The, they were the ones that beat Michigan at Michigan. All the like, remember? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So next is arguably the biggest game of all time. SEC championship. <laughs> number one, UGA. Number three, Alabama. UGA is a minus 6.5. 12 and 0, Georgia, number one in the country. 11 and 1, Alabama, number three in the country. I think it's going to be a very close half, first half. And I think Georgia's going to eat them alive in the second half. I just think they're front. I think we saw Alabama struggle against LSU's front seven, against Texas AM's front seven, and against Auburn's front seven. And none of those front sevens are even somewhat near what Georgia's front seven is. Yeah. Georgia's got like 10 NFL players on their team. It's just going to come back to, down to quarterback play, honestly. I mean, Bryce Young, he's a great, great young quarterback. I think he has the chance to show why he's a Heisman favorite in this game. And I this think is his chance to win the Heisman, too. Yeah, it's going to be a dogfight. And I think, I think there's a chance that, you know, Georgia's quarterback's not as good as Bryce Young. And I think it's going to be a quarterback. Battle. I think they're starting uh, Stetson. Yeah, they're starting Bennett. Yeah. Um, that's I that's think, the mobile one, right? That's the one. That he's the smaller one that uh, Stetson's. Uh, hey. I think I know because I remember I just remember I was watching the Florida Georgia game until till it got out of hand. But they started. I'm pretty sure they started Stetson Bennett in that game, too. I, I just think I think Georgia's defense is going to be too much. I, I'm. Hoping it's a close game. I'm hoping Bama can keep it close till the fourth quarter, and then Bryce Young will have a chance to win it. But it is it is a tough matchup for Bama. This might have been the year for Georgia. What's up, too? Oh yeah, it is a home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But Georgia hasn't beat Alabama yet with Kirby Smart. So I think this is his year to do it for sure. Yeah, it's it's got to happen eventually. I so, think um, I so everyone's talking about like. Yeah, the defense of Georgia is going to slaughter. Like, Bryce Young got sacked like five times against Auburn. I just think that Auburn, Alabama's defense is going to give Georgia's offense some struggle. But I just – I wouldn't be surprised if Georgia's defense doesn't even put up numbers. Like, they might even score. Yeah, it's just it's, – it's scary to look at the past couple of games Alabama's played and how close, you know, they yeah. – it was a dogfight with Arkansas. You know, they barely beat Auburn. Like, like those – those, those – to make it to the championship, you're going to play a Georgia team who's hit the over every game, every half. <laughs> they've killed every, they've blown people out. Like you just can't be winning. What you can't be beating Arkansas by a touchdown. You Dude, know? you want a crazy statistic? That's that's Georgia's defense. Yeah, they for SEC games, they are allowing five point five points per game. Yeah, I, I was talking to one of my buddies. I wanted to I want wanted to see the stat of if you would have bet like every over and every, yeah. over every spread for each yeah, half, for, each yeah. quarter for Georgia and see how much money you could have made. Because I don't think they ever they've they've hit on they, I feel like they've hit almost every every over. They are very, very, very not bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's yeah, I, I think it's I can't remember the last time Alabama, I mean, what like has Alabama's previous teams have played as good as as Georgia has this year, right? Well, defensive yeah. wise, oh, yeah. defensive wise. Yeah, I mean, yeah, defensive wise, of course. But I mean, the the way that they've won games. 
it's like both they bully. They literally bully. That's what I'm saying. I mean, was it like has I mean Alabama obviously their championship. Alabama's team. offense has been way better than this Georgia. Yeah. Offense, like for sure. there's been overall better Alabama team, but I don't think we've seen a deep. I think Not this is the best. Yeah. If they finish they finish these next these next two to three games well, the best defense that ever played college football. It, it, you got an argument for sure. If they finish undefeated and win the national champ, yeah, then it's going to be hard. And especially if they do it dominantly, only yeah. giving up 14 points a game or less in those games, like, yeah. yeah. Compare that to like an LSU team though in 2019. Yeah, Bro, but that, that LSU that, team, that team's five points per game. Yeah, that's that's unheard of. It's unheard of. And I just don't think that's what I'm saying. It's going to be a dark fight between QBs because I just. I'm scared for George's QB. I just don't know how good he's going to play. I feel like Nick Saban's going to plan a great game plan around his defense to pressure him and make him choke a little bit. That's what it's going to take. It's going to take George's offense shooting their defense a little bit. Yeah, in the foot. Exactly. yeah but do you think they can? Do you think they can do it for four quarters? If if anybody can, a Nick Saban team can. So, yeah, you're saying. Smart's going to come out in the second half because I'm that's how great you know you make a great coach is how they come out in the second half, and that's why Dan Mullen got far. He he they come out in the second half and they just play like shit. they get they don't know game, yeah. So we're all going Georgia though on that, yeah. Unfortunately, next we got AAC championship first time ever. It has playoff intentions on the line. We got Cincinnati minus 10 and a half, number 21 Houston 11 and one, number four Cincinnati 12 and 0. So I do want Cincinnati to win and go to the playoffs. I like Cincinnati. I like Luke Fickle. I like Desmond Ritter. I like their their defense. I like everything about Cincinnati. But I think this game is going to be very, very, very close. Yeah, I'm betting this is an Houston. eleven and one Houston team that's really good. And yeah. for everyone, including you guys, I don't know their head coach is Dana Holgerson, who used to be the West Virginia head coach when they had Clint Trickett and they were winning the Big Twelve or right there all those years. So he is not scared of this game. He's coaching bigger games. I think it is, is going to be a lot closer than people think. And this is Houston's national championship, too. Yeah. So you can say you won this game, then. Well, they have a great quarterback. I would for sure take Cincinnati, but I the line set at minus 10 and a half. I wouldn't, I would for sure take Houston plus 10 and a half. Yeah, me as well. I, I agree. I do think Cincinnati's going to win, though, in the end. I, I do think they're going to win. Yeah, Man, but we saw Cincinnati beat uh, SMU, who was supposed to be, like, their challenge, and they beat them 56-14. to 14. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's a, and I also think there's something to be said, too, when, like, you do have a little bit of an easier schedule. It is almost maybe, like, I could imagine they get a little bit lack, like, oh, we're going to dominate this team. And then maybe you don't practice as hard that week. You don't watch as much film for that week. I So there is, like, you do have to take care of business. You still have to be undefeated. So. I don't know, dude. I think Luke Fickle's got him. I think – I think they under they know this is the this this game right now. Oh no, I'm is the I know I'm that's what I'm saying. The whole season. No, that's what I'm saying. Like the lat to go eleven and zero up to this point, like they've they've had to focus with like what they've only they beat Notre Dame. That's their best win by a lot. But, and SMU, who wasn't bad, but not yeah, not great though. Either. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They, they've let they've given up points. That's why I would yeah has a great shot. I mean they they gave up twenty to Navy. You know they gave up twenty eight to USF, which has been a. Sh- pretty shit program the past couple of years. Yeah. I still think, uh, yeah, I think it's a close game. I like Cincinnati still, though. Yeah, I, I agree. Next, we got Big Ten Championship. Should I should be saying Michigan versus Wisconsin, but <laughs> shit happens. You got number two, Michigan, 11-1, and one, number 13, Iowa, 
10 and 2. Shout out my boy Dane Bellin, starting free safety, first team all Big Ten for uh for Iowa. I think it's going to be the most boring game to ever watch in your entire life. And I think since Michigan it's gonna be a runner's game. It's just gonna be your O line versus my D line and my D line versus your O line. Exactly. And I think Michigan wins a boring ass 21 to 7 game. Yeah. I mean, I, I've all I was rooting for Iowa this whole year to make the playoff. Like though that was my like I was really rooting for them this year, but they kind of they really shit the bed. But I think Michigan's gonna gonna blow them out. Yeah, I I, I kind of do too. I mean, I could Iowa. I was even when they were ranked number four. Like, did, how high did they get this year? Like, even when they were ranked up there, I think I was yeah, on. That's like two, bro. Yeah, like the week after they got there, I was on the podcast and we were talking about it. We were like. They deserve that ranking, but we all know they're not actually that good because, you know, it's like their record said they were better than they were. And yeah. But I, I, I do think if Michigan runs the ball at least 30, 35 times. Yeah. That do, Haskins, Haskins. yeah. So like Michigan should win if they if they take care of the ball, control the clock. They should be all right. So last last championship game, ACC, number 15, Pittsburgh, 10 and two, led by Kenny Pickett. And number sixteen, Wake Forest, ten and two. Sam Hartman. Um, uh, it's a pit minus three. <sighs> this is good. This is a good game too, man. This is. It's good because it's not good though. It's good because it's not Clemson, in my opinion. <laughs> it's, it's good. Good to see different. You know, like in, you know, it's good to see teams like Pittsburgh and Wake Forest make it, and they have two great quarterbacks. Sam Kenny, Hartman and uh, Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Sam Hartman's a little dark horse QB. I like Wake, though. I like Wake in this game. I think it's going to be a very high scoring. What's the over under? 71? 71. I don't know if you take the over, but I think it's going to be a very high scoring game. I think it's going to be very fun to watch. And I don't think it's going to be close. I think one of the teams is going to establish that they're they're better in the beginning. I don't think it's going to be a shootout. I think I, I think it's I could see one team just feeling it out and being better. The ACC has been insane this year, so who knows? Yeah, the ACC is always a little hard to predict. When it's not Clemson, like other than them, like since FSU's dropped off, it's, it's been a little up and down. Yeah, so that's it for uh, that's it for the conference championships. Next thing we got, college football playoff rankings were released. I'm going to go through them, and then we'll discuss uh, our thoughts, opinions, yes, no's, maybe, why, why not. The whole nine yards. We got your four in the playoffs. Number one, UGA. Number two, Michigan. Number three, Alabama. Number four, Cincinnati. Locked in. Your two outsiders. Number five, Oklahoma State. Number six, Notre Dame. And then you got your maybe kind of sort of if math and science and God works in my favor. Number seven, Ohio State. Number eight, Ole Miss. Number nine, Baylor. And number 10, Oregon. So we're looking at simply top six. Do you agree or disagree with this top six ranking, boys? I agree with this. I mean, I yeah, I agree with this. I think the, I mean, it's yeah, it's hard to put Oklahoma State over Cincinnati, but I feel like that's kind of the only argument. I would. I like to say it for right now. I like it because it gives them a chance to stay in the playoff if they win. If they were ranked below Oklahoma State, there's no chance they could get in without help. So I like this. They control their own. Hello. Uh, I honestly would flip Notre. I don't know. I would keep Notre Dame. I'd say I was thinking maybe flipping Notre Dame and Oklahoma State, but it's going to be hard for Notre Dame to get up there. Hundred percent. It, it's going to be really hard. It would need Cincy and Oklahoma State to lose, right? You don't. You don't think about yeah. 
Alabama, well, they, Cincinnati. They, yes. So they would need either Cincinnati. They would need two of Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, and Alabama to lose. Yeah. To open up two spots. The, Alabama yeah. wins. If Alabama Michigan wins, Notre Dame never gets in. Wait, if so, Alabama so wins, Notre Dame doesn't get in. Yes, yes. If Al- that's basically what it boils down to, is if Alabama or but Michigan could lose too, and then Notre Dame could t- go in for them. I don't so, know. what are you guys looking at for this weekend? The, the final, final standings. So, I think it's going to be one Georgia, two Michigan, three Cincy, four OK State. I think that's a given. So, I think if I think if Oklahoma State wins, they're going to jump Cincy to three. I don't think but, so. And then Cincy will be four. How do you jump them? Because they're the they're the Big Twelve champion. Yeah, but they're an undefeated team who beat Notre Dame, who's ranked. Yeah, second but then how can you put? But then how and can they're you? They're gonna beat another. Right, they're beating an eleven-one team. You're gonna beat a seven and two. You're beating a ten and two Baylor team. Yeah, but Baylor's ranked number nine in the country. You're that's another top ten win I to just, Oklahoma State. They're Oklahoma State would be a one-loss Big Twelve champion. Michigan would be a one-loss Big Ten, and UJ would be an undefeated SEC. So why wouldn't Cincy be over Michigan? If Michigan's not, I think under- they're going to do Cincy versus UGA because they want to see Cincy get butt fucked and then prove. Well, that's what I'm saying. You Cincy's well, going to. I, I think they deserve a, a three, bro. You deserves a three. Not not if Oklahoma State wins. I don't think so. Because I, I do think Oklahoma State would deserve to jump them. They would have just beat Oklahoma and Baylor back to back. That's two top ten wins back to back. Cincinnati doesn't even. When what was Notre Dame ranked when they beat them? Maybe so they have one top ten win. If you're a fan, if you're a fan of college football and you want to see a good national championship, you you keep Cincy at four. Yes. Let them lose to Georgia. <laughs> let, let yeah, let them lose to Georgia, and you let Georgia and Michigan fight it out in the championship and see how it goes. I mean, or I if Michigan, Oklahoma State, I think Oklahoma State would have a chance against Michigan, though. Yeah, I that that's what I'm, that 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 would be a great two and three seed for sure every game except playing george is a good game cincy michigan cincy oklahoma state great games if you're a college football fan you don't want to see a cincy versus michigan that's what it would be yeah two and three and then you know let's say cincy wins and they got to play georgia in the championship like you want to have a good championship or yeah you want to have a good championship game i mean They, they and they do think about that too even like but i think what it really is going to be come down to it's gonna it's gonna be the combination of Oklahoma State having another top ten win, and then they would also be the Big Twelve champion. And so I think those two combined would put them over Cincinnati, unless Cincinnati blows Houston out. They could like blow them out and then cement their third spot. But but also Bama could win, and then we could have two SEC teams in with Michigan if they assuming they take care of business, and then Oklahoma State. If they win and Cincinnati win, then it would be a conversation. Yeah. Who in Cincinnati or Oklahoma State? I think that the problem is if you're Cincinnati, bro. Like, let's be honest, dude. There, there's more than just because of their skill that they're not getting in. There's a, there's a revenue that Yo, yeah. scared that they're not going to bring in revenue and financial money. And That's all the schedule. people that sit in the college football playoff board, they're all Power Five associated. Why do you, why do you think UCF didn't make it? Yeah. You know, so and they were undefeated. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm Cincinnati. What I'm doing is I'm worrying about this win, and I'm hoping everything Bama behind me is chaotic. I'm hoping well, everything else is chaotic. You really need Bama to lose because if two SEC teams get in, then Cincinnati's really fucked. No, nah, because if Oklahoma State loses or Michigan loses, they're fine. Why? Well, yes, but that's but then they don't control their own destiny. At yeah, that no, you know what I'm saying? Like then they have to root for a team to lose rather than just winning and knowing they're in. 
Or, they, or if Georgia loses Michigan. Oh, yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. If Bama wins, that's two SEC teams. And then Michigan's Georgia. definitely getting in if they win. Since he can get fucked, Duro. Then the whole board's fucked. They don't know. It. Then they're just in the room. So if that case happens, let's finish off on this note. It's be the, the big thing we talk about. If Alabama beats Georgia and OK State, Cincinnati, and Michigan win. Yeah. Top four. Not, yeah. not what not, – I'm not asking you what do you think the top four is. What, I'm really? asking you if you are the fate. What is your top four? Okay. What would I decide? Like what we would decide? Yeah. So I'm going to go Alabama one. Yeah, because they'd have a win over Georgia. Georgia that would two, be Michigan three, Cincy four. Georgia two, Michigan three. And then I'm on the Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, though. There's two a real three, argument. Dude, let's be real. Two or three doesn't matter. I think Michigan goes to one. No, no, no. Alabama if, if goes to one, I, bro. What? I think I agree. goes to two. If, if you're going by the rankings, I mean, I think this is just how the, the, the board looks at it. I think. But know, then, but Phil, but then the dangerous. problem is they give. And that Bama, means Alabama and Georgia got to run it back. Well, but no, but Phil, they would give Alabama. <laughs> they would give <laughs> Alabama. The playoff is so fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you need more teams, really. Yeah, dude. But listen, but listen, if, if Bama would win, they would have, they would be the SEC champions. And they would have a win over the number one team in the country. So I think they're gonna they go could, one. They would jump Michigan. Yeah, they would. They're also to. gonna put them at one field because they don't want the two and three to be two SEC teams. They want to separate them. Right. They they, they definitely want to separate. But let's be right. honest, dude. There's really not a competition for two and three. You just want to get two or three because you don't want to get one and four. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm. That's what I'm. That's yeah. what I'm. Three. Three is just as good as two because that means you avoid yeah. Georgia. Yeah. If yeah. you're Cincy, yeah. you're you you don't want, you don't want to be a four. You want three. You are praying to God you get three. Exactly. You do not want first game Georgia. Cincy. Cause say you get three, right? And Michigan gets two, and you beat Michigan. That's a much easier Georgia game beating Michigan versus yeah. than oh, we got to open up and, and we have to somehow find a way to beat Georgia just yeah. to only play another game. The, the best, the best, the best case scenario for Cincinnati is a Mich- is a Bama loss, Michigan loss, and an Oklahoma State loss. Yeah. They need everyone to lose, and, and then they Notre Dame sneak in. Notre Dame would sneak in, and Cincinnati, if all of them lost, would probably get up to number two. Yeah, I think it would be. I think it'd be two. I think it'd be the Notre Dame, Cincy, and then Georgia, Ohio State. Oh yeah, Ohio State would be right. They're right, there. dude. Ohio State and Notre Dame are on the. I'd say the equal level of creeping in. But then, mm-hmm. but then you could argue. You could argue. You could argue a two-loss Baylor that's a conference champion with a win over Oklahoma State could jump Ohio State. That's what I've been trying to say. Because you said no to me. Well, no, no, they would jump Ohio State, yes. but Baylor can't jump Notre Dame. If all those teams lose that you just said, it's going to be they, But they wouldn't jump over Notre Dame. I know, but it'd be, Georgia, it'd be Georgia, Cincy, Notre Dame, Baylor. Yeah, yes, yeah, I agree um, with that. Yeah. If all those teams that we said lost, yeah. If that's I am doing. Baylor, obviously, obviously I'm focusing on winning. But I'm praying to the gods that every fucking team gets upset. That's yeah, literally, that's what you need. And you and every pretty much everybody that wants to get in needs Alabama to lose. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Georgia. They're kind of the only ones that are guaranteed to get yeah, in. Georgia's good. Georgia is in the playoffs regardless what happens. Yeah. Dude, I could see Michigan just fumbling the bag and yeah, like, it's our ball, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I could see Michigan dropping. And you can't drop them below Ohio State because they beat Ohio State. So then you just beat a Ryan Day Ohio State team. I think Harbaugh, he. They're riding high, yeah. And I think he's going to 
I, I do think they're gonna make a good playoff push. I, think, I, I hope. I, I think hope. He, he's he's ready for those moments. He's coached in the in the fucking Super Bowl before. Yeah, he, you're right. You're right. It's it's also like it, it is kind of Michigan's time. It's good for college football when they're good. Like it really is, and they've been bad for a long time. Any, not uh, bad. any last like, second hot takes or opinions before we wrap up? I was just saying we can agree Oregon's definitely out no matter what. Yeah, I know they're out. number. Oregon they're number Ole 10. Miss out. Well, Ole Miss definitely, yeah. Ole Miss and Ohio State can't. They don't ain't touching the playoff. Yeah. Yep. Notre Dame wins it all. Fuck so Brian Kelly. <laughs> so it's really Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, Cincinnati, Bama, Baylor, Michigan competing yeah, for three it. spots. Because Georgia's in. Georgia is. Yeah. Regardless yeah. if it's one or four, they're in. First, yeah, yeah. I think the lowest they drop is two or three if they get blown out by Bama. But that's not. three is the exact fucking same. No, I know, I know, I know. But still. But hey, hey, listen up, Shimmy. Thanks for coming on again, man. Fan favorite. People love you. Phil, Thank you. appreciate you here. coming on, man. Definitely love to get you on again in the future. Appreciate Take it. our picks if you want to win money, guys. Uh, <laughs> hit us up for any questions or if you want to get on or anything at all. Clock's on the stove over and out. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Grayson.